dangerous down there on the border, but my friend Dave Ray is down there right now along with uh, some of the other um, members of the Federation of American Immigration Reform, uh, his colleagues, and uh, a live from the border. What, what are you seeing, Dave? Hey, Joyce. Uh, great to be with you again. Well, you know, I think my biggest takeaway from this visit is, you know, and the reason why Fair sends us down here. And I'm in uh, McAllen, Texas, which is in very southern part of Texas, right on the U.S.-Mexico border on the Rio Grande River. But uh, we met with the Border Patrol yesterday and then went through a detention facility, the same facility that Nancy Pelosi had gone through over the weekend. And my thought walking away from this is, you know, not seeing the story from the biased, warped, lens of the mainstream media uh, makes it truly astonishing. Uh, and I'm really disappointed with how sloppy America, how sloppy and biased American journalism has become. You know, I walked through that detention facility yesterday, thought about uh, those folks who, who called it a Nazi concentration camp, thought about the people who called the, the men and women of the Border Patrol who are parents themselves and soccer coaches and, you know, uh, volunteers for charities, calling them Nazi prison guards. And I thought, you know, this is a nice facility. It's clean. The people here are being well fed. They have uh, three meals a day. One of them brought in from a local restaurant every night. They have access to showers and snacks and 24-hour medical service. Any of these kids spikes a fever, they're off to the local hospital, uh, paid for by U.S. taxpayers. And how anybody could make an outrageous comment like that, you know, likening it to a uh, concentration camp is just beside me. But, you know, uh, one of the things that I learned yesterday, and it just showed how either biased or sloppy our journalism has become. Uh, you know, everybody heard about the story of the woman who claimed she was being forced to drink out of a toilet. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, pushed out there by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So I asked uh, the, the, the officer in charge, the, 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 the woman who, who ran, who's in charge of this entire part of the sector about that story. And she said that this was a facility that they were really pinched for space, so they took a closet and they turned it into a bathroom so that there would be a private bathroom for somebody. And they put a toilet in there, and then oftentimes, as you see in prison cells, and remember, that are also cramped for space, there was a sink with water above the toilet. Right. And so the, the woman looked at that and said, well, you know, I'm not going to drink that. I'll be forced to drink water coming out of a toilet, which was not the, not the truth. And mm -hmm. anybody, uh, anybody who would have taken the time to go and look at that sink and that toilet would have been able to explain to her that the water going into the sink was coming from a different place than the water going out of the toilet. Mm -hmm. uh, but somebody either didn't care to find out the truth or didn't take the time or wanted to, you know, uh, uh, send out the the, the, the the comment from the woman uh, to try to, you know, make the debate even more hyperventilated than it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the example of how things like that 
that aren't even true get amplified a thousand times over. Now it's been floating around in people's minds for three weeks now, and so it's probably fixed. But this was actually just a sink-toilet combination like you find at many U.S. prisons and other places where, you know, space is at a, is, is at a minimum. Yeah, no, and I had pointed that out immediately in the aftermath because I know exactly what that um, that commode with the sink topper is, and and I've seen it in in places besides prisons. Uh, to be honest yeah. with you, where there is just a shortage of space, but and I had uh, you know my first husband was a plumbing contractor, so I knew about the oh, fixture. Okay. Um, but but what's most bizarre to me is how I constantly have to be assaulted by everything that Donald. Trump says is leading people to violence. Meanwhile, they're firing shots into ice, head, you know, ice uh, buildings right. in in Texas, and and yet it has no relation to the rhetoric that you hear coming out of uh, Pelosi, AOC, and the rest of their cohorts. It's crazy. Right. I mean, you know, they, they refer to ICE agents who are, you know, federal employees, men and women of law enforcement. As Gestapo. As and, yeah. then, and, then, and Gestapo. And then they <laughs> wonder why they get shot at. I mean, they are, you know, then they blame the president for overheated rhetoric. Well, you know, the overheated rhetoric, I would suggest, is on both sides. Exactly. And, um, you know, uh, where the president might have misstated some things, you know, he's been equaled uh, by, by his uh, counterpart parts in the Democratic Party. I mean, Joe Biden in the in the last debate, think about this and how far the Democratic Party's come on immigration. In the last debate, Joe Biden suggested that people who want to come to the United States need to get in line. So that suggestion, merely suggesting merely suggesting that people play by the rules, which is now so outrageous that you can't even advocate it. He's having to walk back his comments because of the amount of fury he's getting from Latino activists. Oh, and now uh, Elizabeth Warren is is tied with him for first place. It, it hurt him terribly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and and the whole idea that uh, you know we've been in this country, we've been learning how to get in line since kindergarten. Right. You walk into a post office, you get in line. You walk into a grocery store, you get in line. You want to come into the United States, we take a million immigrants a year, you get in line. Except here, when people decide it's going to be immigration on demand. Joyce, you know, what was so disheartening yesterday, um, when we were walking through the detention facility, there was this giant room that had nothing but young men who were accompanied with small children. Mm -hmm. And then next to them was a giant room with young women. Uh, young being in the 20s and 30s who were accompanied by small children and for in both of these instances the 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 guard on duty told us that all of these men and all of these women had been previously apprehended illegally entering the united states and had been sent home so they came back with children oh my gosh and they knew if they came in with children they would not, by by U.S. law, would, could not send the children back, and that they would not be detained for more than 20 days. So they gimmicked the system, and they're not the least bit uh, 
that's the least bit uncomfortable in doing so. No. And they're going to get away with it. Mm -hmm. And I said to the guard, I said, so these folks are going to be released. We know 90% of them are never going to show up for their hearings. Uh, they're all going to be living here illegally. What's going to be, you know, what are, where are these people going to be 10 or 15 years down the road? And the, the guard said to me, he's like, well, you know, 10 to 15 years down the road, this is going to be the next group of illegal aliens who are complaining, saying, I've been living in this country for all these years, uh, living in the shadows, afraid every time I look over my shoulder that ICE is going to you know, uh, apprehend me. And, and the children are going to be the next generation of dreamers who say, I came into this country through no fault of my own and I should be given an amnesty. So anybody who takes the line from the Democrats that giving an amnesty is going to end anything no it just creates an expectation that the next amnesty is in the makes yeah well and that you know that they're really uh, upset now that uh, the the public charge rule is being reinstated basically it's not new um, it's something well, that that has been on the books for a long long time and yet uh, it's all oh, Donald Trump he's the only one who would ever bring up something like this not true no, I mean, you know, the whole idea of not admitting public charge. I mean, I love how they, they you know, point to the Statue of Liberty. Oh, you know, please. give me your tired, your poor. And I say, you know, anybody who's ever been to Ellis Island and has done the tour understands very clearly that Ellis Island sent a lot of people back to their home country. Yeah. If you looked like you were going to be a public charge, if you looked like you were going to be somebody who couldn't make it in this country, uh, you know, your sister might get in, but you're going back to wherever you came from. I mean, it's been a, a, a bedrock concept of a U.S. immigration policy. Any country's <laughs> immigration policy, not just the U.S. Yeah. Why would any country allow immigration into it uh, other than asylum seekers who are running for their lives? who weren't going right. to add to the public good instead of become public charges. Right. And, you know, this specific law that they're, um, that, that they're enacting was passed in 1996 by Democrats and Republicans and signed into law by Bill Clinton. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just the law was never enacted, but there was a general consensus in Congress. And let's face it. Congress hasn't done anything to help President Trump. He's looking for laws that are on the books that he can uh, implement legally that will uh, reduce the cost of illegal immigration, reduce the number of people who are sucking up public services when they should be going to legal immigrants. I mean, this new rule, this, this uh, public charge rule, this won't even affect anybody who's currently in the country. This is only for future immigrants. And it and it exempts whole groups of people like refugees, asylees, people with anchor babies. I mean, this is just good common sense public policy. And anybody who can't see that is just tone deaf. Yeah, well, it's not that they can't see that. It's that it doesn't help their narrative. And, uh, you know, they're just instead it becomes all about like, oh, they don't want people who are not smart and they don't want people who are not white and they don't. And, and you know, it's not working. I don't care how many polls yeah. they pretend to show to the American people. The average American living an average life. I'm not talking about New Yorkers and Californians, you know, in L.A. and San Francisco. I'm talking about most Americans 
towns, which we'll never see either right. of those towns, um, they look at illegal immigration as a law enforcement issue, and they are disturbed right. that it's not being, you know, the laws are not being enforced. Right, and the Democrats, the only way that they can keep the status quo is by racializing it. Mm -hmm. They want to racialize everything. You know, now that we don't have a Russia, a Russia probe, now it's white nationalism. Yeah. I mean, they have to have something to try to pin on the president. It's just ridiculous. This is not a racial issue. If you look at deportations, people are sent right back to Europe, right along with Central oh, America, yeah. Africa, have... and everywhere else. Right, I had a friend who was sent back to people. England. It's, you know, you got to obey the rules. <laughs> yeah, yes you do. Well, uh, Dave, stay safe down there. Is Ira with you? <laughs> Ira is with me, and okay. he is starting to, we're uh, together today, we will do between, I think, around 35 radio shows. I've been doing them since 5 this morning, and I'm about to hand the baton to Ira, and he'll take it in for the home stretch until 5 this evening. All right, well, thanks so much for calling in, Dave. I always appreciate it. Talk to you soon.